So you didn't sell any houses last year? Two. You sold two houses last yeah. year? Yeah. One of the best real estate agents in the city of Birmingham sold two, two. houses because yeah. you were leading all these yeah. all these people. Yeah. Did your income go up or down from the year before? Down. Down. A lot down? Yeah. Are you Have you sold any houses this year yet? No, but I've got... 12 under contract. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you got more under contract now <laughs> than you did. Oh, yeah. The last, okay. Totally. So we're here on the CEO Parenting Podcast. Got Gusty Goulas, Birmingham guy, real estate guru here in Birmingham. Gusty, how you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? I like it. I like you how you said guru. Guru. That's it. Yeah. Um, so... For those of y'all that haven't listened to us before, this is extremely conversational. All this is is just a peek inside a, a conversation between two business owners, extremely upfront, extremely as transparent as we could want to get. So uh, I'm going to give my little bit of a background that I know about you. Sure. Um, Gusty's been in real estate for a pretty good while here in Birmingham. Really, really well-known name in Birmingham. Does a wonderful job. Has a team, Gusty Gulish Group. Um, the first question I have for yeah. you is... Um, Billboards. Yeah. You're, on a, you're on a handful of billboards, and here's what it says: five thousand reviews, something like that. Okay, how is the billboard? I'm gonna get straight into it. How has yep. the billboard stuff helped your business in real estate? I think what billboards do is it's more of a branding play. It's not like you see uh, you see a billboard and it says Gusty Goulas or Gusty Goulas Group and see our fifteen hundred five star reviews yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to call Gusty. I think it's just more of the repetition of seeing my name, yeah, sure, and relating my name to real estate and to the point where it's like, you know, Thomas starts thinking about, hey, I'm, I'm I, I want. I want to buy a house or I want to right. invest or I want to sell. Then they're like, who do I think about? And then hopefully the relation is I think about Gusty. The repetition of yeah. seeing it. Okay. So give us the background. Let's talk through, give me a quick snippet of growing up, quick snippet of the college age life, and then mm -hmm. kind of your, your journey into where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So early years, I grew up in Pelham. Um, I grew up. A, How a, old are you? I'm 41. Okay. So I know yeah. I don't look it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm 42. So. Um, I grew up a different life than most people. My, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. My mm. dad was 58 and my mom was 40 when they had me. Your dad was 58 yeah. when he had you? Yeah. What a stallion. <laughs> I'm telling you, right? Is he still living? No, no. Man. He's not still living, but I will say in about, in about 10 days, if he was still living, he'd be 100 years old. That's crazy. Which is nuts to me. No, that's great. Um, but, you know, here recently, it's brought back some great memories of sure. my dad. Um, and, and it's allowed me to connect with some folks that used to work at our restaurants and stuff like restaurants, that. Restaurants, tell me about that. Yeah, I grew up in the restaurant business. My dad was a big restaurateur. My mom had antique stores, consignment stores, dress shops. So it's just a family of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And so I just grew up in it. And, uh, you know, with, with me being you know, younger for my parents, sure. I think, you know, I didn't get to hang out with like people like with, with other kids as much as, you know, I, I would say like your kids would be hanging out with and stuff. So I grew up with people's like grandkids or, and I mean, we didn't go play dates like my kids get to mm -hmm. go on or anything like that. It was just unique. And, but I thought through that, me and my, my parents had a really good bond. Sure. Um, but my dad worked like seven days a week at restaurant business. And I learned I did not want to do that. Really? 
uh, just wasn't wasn't for me. What even you, even though my dad wanted me to uh, to get in the uh, restaurant. But business. what did you see at whatever age that you realized that? What did you see that's like I ain't doing that? I can see where it caused my parents to divorce. Number one. Number one. Good. So like six or seven years old, my parents divorce. And and obviously, I don't know the full story of that, but portion of that is definitely when you're working seven days a week, that's a little bit different ballgame. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, you're almost in that kind of business, you're married to your business. Absolutely. And so what happens, you're you know, leave your spouse and maybe leave your kids a little bit, you know, behind or second fiddle. So that was, and that, you know, I talk about that because yeah. it's really important for me to be involved with my kids now. Right. You know, and how many it, do you have? I've got two. Okay. I've got a, I've got a six year old and a four year old. Wow. Been married. they will be 15 years this year. Okay. And so it's, you know, all of that's really important for sure. me um, to where I learned what my dad did. And now I want to make sure that I don't, Fall right. into the same things that my dad did. So, I think that was probably you know one of the most one of the most unique things about me is I just grew up differently than everybody. Yeah. So, and I also I feel like I was an introvert growing up. <laughs> it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe now because yeah. I'm I'm very extroverted and I'm, right. you know it's like you, I, you when you when, especially when you do a lot of advertising you have to almost kind of feel some sort of persona. Um, but I'm just like this just good old boy that grew up in Pelham. That's awesome. So when you high school sports anything like that no um i grew up playing baseball but when i was a freshman i fractured my growth plate in my hip and so after that no sports it was like done um yeah i grew five inches in three months so i'm like i'm six two and a half i'm not super tall but i'm taller than most how'd you fracture your growth i mean like I, i grew too fast i literally grew and the hip the the top of the femur bone came out of the hip socket. That's nice. Fracture the growth plate. Yeah, wow. it didn't feel good. I was running stadiums. So talked about college. Where did you did you do college? I went to Bama. Yeah. Okay. Was I'm I'm actually in college right now. I'm doing my masters. Why? Okay. So this is a crazy question. So this <laughs> I, I, okay. So I had a, a discussion with somebody that works with us. Okay. And she wanted to go back and get a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And I said absolutely not. Tell me why you're doing your masters. So I I believe that you always have to, education is very important to me. Sure. Uh, I think you're, you can always learn from everybody that's whether, you know, brand new in whatever business or, you know, a lot further along than you. Um, But for this particular thing, I'm working on my master's in real estate development. Mm, Okay. So obviously we're 16 years in real estate sales. Yep. Um, You know, I've, I've hit all the accolades. Yeah. And so one of the big things that is an interest to me is provide affordable housing. There's to me in Birmingham, at least there's a lack of affordable housing. Yeah. And what does that really mean? Um, and to me, affordable housing is um, basically at the medium income level or below. And so there's just not enough of it out there, in my opinion. In an area that you want yeah. to live. So um, basically, we're going to um, kind of evolve we're gonna look at home building and we're gonna be using 3D printers to literally print houses. Wow. So I'm doing the education from Masters at Real Estate Development at Auburn, which is really tough for me to say since I'm a Bama grad. Since you're an Alabama guy. Probably yeah. the hardest thing for me yeah. to do. Um, but I'm utilizing those connections and we'll help, hopefully that'll help in uh, the development side of our business. So you wanna develop this through the Gusty Glue Group as far as just another branch of what you guys are doing? Yeah, we, we, we've got a separate name for it. It's called Cured Homes. Okay. So Cured is a play on concrete. 
and um, and and that's because I mean concrete has to cure for it to uh, to harden, and so uh, and three D printing of a home is concrete. Okay, I didn't know that either. So so that's why we've called it cured. So ideally, the Gusty Goulas Group will be selling cured homes. Sure. Um, and hopefully that'll be at some point later this year. Wow, that's fascinating. So when will you be done with your degree? I guess about 16 more months, 18 more months. Not too, bad. not too terrible, bad, but. Why do you think that you have to have the piece of paper? Can you I not don't. get, can you not get the education? I don't, but I also think it's really important to, um, I think the value that, I'm obviously learning a lot through the program, but I think really a lot of the value is who is in the process with you. So building the relationships with, yeah. A cohort, meaning at the almost school. like your fraternity sure. or sorority, like the relationships that you build with that. I mean, these are people that are, you know, doing big things in other areas. Yeah. So, so learning from that too. So you th- you feel like you'll partner with some of these people in this cohort? I th- I absolutely think so. Man, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. So one of the qu- here, this is a statement that I heard from somebody that used to work for you. Okay. And I asked him. I said, "Tell me about Gusty." I said, "I, don't, I know Gusty a little bit, but I don't know him as a as a as a real estate guy." Sure. And he goes. In the home with a family or a person, he's the best he's ever seen. Wow. So, I don't know, he didn't work for you anymore. I don't know who it is, yeah. but I love that. I think Talk, that's awesome. He, and straight up, that's what he said. And um, so tell me about why do you like being in the home with these people? Why, why do you like that process? Mm-hmm. I, call, I text the other day and you were like, I'm writing an offer for so and so. Tell me about that. Like, what do you love about it? Is it the money? Is it the, what do you love about the, what you're doing? I don't know. I feel like, um, you know, in real estate, I feel like you are, you become part of your family and part of their family when you're working with them, when, you know, the home is such a special sacred place, right? Um, not from an investment side of things, but you think of your personal home, that is a personal safe space. Sure. And so when people are inviting you into your home and especially considering us to potentially sell it or help them acquire a place that's going to be their new home. Right. To me, it, that, it, it's something special to me. And so really what I'm looking for is when I'm working with somebody, I want to make sure that I'm helping them find the right place for them in their current yeah. current position. And, um, and then when we're selling the place, uh, you know, obviously we want to be um, helping them get the most amount of money for right. and and the least amount of stress. Like when I think of like selling a house, like that, I don't think of anything probably worse than selling it's and moving. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. It's tough. And so, you know, I feel like just being a real estate agent is great and all, but I, we're much more, in my opinion, more than a real estate agent. I, I mean, there's times I'm a therapist. Oh. There's times that I'm a chauffeur. There's times that, you know, really just anything... Um, anything to everyone. I'm a connector. Yeah. Try to help people, wh- whatever they need. And um, and so I think when I'm in the house, like it's about them. It's not about me. Like it doesn't matter about me. It's, it really does matter about them. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to figure out what their plan is or if they don't have a plan, build that plan together with them. Sure. That's great. So Because home buying is, I mean, we've bought a handful of homes and we've flipped and things like that. And it's yeah. a... Um, I hate the word stressful, but it, it, it's just a lot. It's just a lot of different moving parts and a yeah. lot of things. A lot of things that, that people just don't know. No matter how many homes you buy, there are always mm-hmm. things that people don't know that catch them off guard. Yeah. Um, okay, so I did, I did the math here. 16 years, mm-hmm. you're 41. That means what did you do like college before real estate, like in that, that, gap, that yeah. gap time? So uh, 
my major was radio management at uh, Alabama. Oh, okay. So we got, a, we got a face for radio people. <laughs> a face for radio. <laughs> I really do have a face for radio. Uh, I have a face for billboards. That's right. Evidently. You know, so I wanted to be in the music business. I love music. Mm. I don't know how to play anything. I love the industry. And so what my, so I did my internship on Music Row in Nashville okay. and worked for um, Kane Entertainment at that time. And we basically helped um, Neil McCoy was our main artist. So a co- big country artist in the 90s. Yeah. So we helped manage them. And and Daryl Worley was one. Yep. There was there was a, a few other artists, but. Um, I just love the the industry part of it, mm-hmm. the behind the scenes part of it. Yeah. And, but I realized how cutthroat Nashville was, and I just didn't want to be a part of it. Um, so hmm. I loved every minute of doing my internship. It just was not really the right fit for me. So basically, when I got back from that internship, I was like, all right, I'm going back for my degree. Right. I don't necessarily want... Um, I don't think I'm going to do anything in the radio business. I didn't necessarily want to be in the radio business, but I wanted to be in the industry. Music. Music. Okay. And so so at that point, I just wanted to graduate. Get, get it done. I just get it done. Yep. I just wanted the, the papers. Yeah, He's sure. get degrees. Yeah, no doubt. Give me the diploma. That's, that's, that's what helped uh, <laughs> and, um, and so I was real. I was just like... Um, uh, couch surfing and uh, just you know staying with friends really? till I figured out what the heck I wanted to do with my life, and so I was just putting my resume into all different you know places just to try to get a job, and ended up landing a job in the mortgage business. And I had really? to um, we at that company we were a subprime lender, which basically means if you didn't have great credit. Um, I, I would be a, a great contact for you. Okay. And high risk loans. Yeah, sure. And so what we did was <laughs> we... All the things that you don't yeah, in a mortgage yeah, industry. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and so uh, basically we had to call 150 people a day or Man. get five applications. Now, let me say this. Okay, so, so everybody that we've talked to mm-hmm. that has just got exponential success in some way, shape, form, or fashion, they have done that. Is that right? Picked up the freaking phone. Oh, you got to. the door, whatever, and <laughs> yeah. just like got used to hearing no. You got to. Okay, so tell me about this. I love, I love yeah, this. Yeah, okay. so, so we had to get, we had to either call 150 people a day or get five applications a day. So I didn't want to call 150 people a day. No. I mean, think about like oh, dialing listen, that many people. I hate it. And by the time you get home, like you're drained, you're, no. you don't want anything. Yeah. So I would be the first one in. I would typically have one or two applications before anybody ever walked in the door. Um, and, and usually by, we had call hours. We had basically a, a 9 to 10 or 9.30 to 10.30 and then a 5 to 7 call hour. So three hours of calling. And then during the, during the day, you're doing your follow-ups on any loans that are in the process, stuff like that. So, so you only had like three or four hours of calling? Yeah, but you, I mean, literally you dial that many people. But if you have great conversations, and that's what I focused on. I focused on great conversations, so I wouldn't have to call those people. That's good. So, you know, so my goal was not to get 150 conversations a day. It was like literally, let's have the best conversation we can with every person that we actually get in contact with. And it actually picks up the phone. And then we'll, and then we'll have our five applications. Okay. And there was, I mean, I think the most I had in one day was like 12 applications. Wow. Yep. So transition from that, where did you go? Yeah, so, man, I did a couple of things. So 
but mainly the, the mortgage business was a couple of years. Okay. I helped open up a mortgage company in Nashville. So I made a, another trip back to okay. Nashville. I was going to ask. Okay. So, 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 so the, that was pretty subprime, cool. The subprime thing was here in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you went back to Nashville. Yep. Just for a little bit of time. Okay. What'd you do And here? then helped open up a mortgage company. Very comparable okay. mortgage company. So um, did that for about three or four months. My dad started getting ill. Okay. And so I came back to town and just, I knew I needed to be close. Sure. So I spent more time here, got back on with the original mortgage company, okay. just did that for a couple of years. So, and then in 2006, hmm. the world changed. It did. You know, it was or at least starting to change. Sure. Uh, momentum. I bought a house in Atlanta in 2005, so I know okay. exactly yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so everybody, everything changed. But I got, um, so in May of 06, okay. we had people walk in the door and it was just like, hey, you got 10 minutes to get your personal belongings and we wish you the best. So they shut down all retail operations world, like nationwide for this company. It was called AmeriQuest Mortgage. Yeah, I know exactly where it is. Yep. It, so, I mean, it was unreal. You were giving money to anybody and everybody that could breathe. Yeah, you had to have a minimum $60,000 loan. So we called it Hummer Loans. Because basically, was, at that time, you could buy a Hummer for sixty grand. <laughs> I got a funny story about that later on. Go ahead. <laughs> so that was the minimum, right? Yeah. So you, you just, we just, hey, got another Hummer. That's so, um, so what'd you do when you got, y'all got let go? So we got let go. We just, um, you know, basically I had to figure out what I wanted to do in my life. Sure. And, uh, so I did a little bit of brokering in the meantime while I figured that out. But luckily, um, I called my now mother-in-law and she was, uh, I was just like, I don't really know what I want to do. And she was like 25. Yeah. 25. Yeah. About to turn 26 at that time. We're about to turn 25 right around that time. And she was like, you'll talk to anybody. Why don't you go get your real estate license? And I was like, okay, sure. Why not? Straight up. That's how it happened. That's how it happened. Yeah. And I remember, and, and by that point earlier in that year, my dad passed away. Okay. And I remember him telling me that one of the biggest mistakes he made was not really investing in real estate or being more involved in real estate. Was he... How was he financially when he passed away? Did he, did he, had he done pretty good in the restaurant business? Um, when he passed away, uh, me and my sisters had to pay for his funeral. Wow. So it went from literally millionaire in the 80s to me and my sisters had to pay for the funeral. So, so that's a different side road, but I'd love to take it. So what happened, do you think? I think you make bad decisions. Yeah. Um, I think you get connected with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And I think when you hang around the wrong people, you're, there's going to be bad, bad things that happen. And I think, I think that you just start true. hanging around with the wrong people. That is true for a freaking 70 year old. That's true for a 16 year old. Well, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that with our kids. We're, our kids are 14, 11 and seven. Yeah. We talk about that all the time. It's almost like the, uh, the power of five or the circle sure. of five. I mean, whoever, whoever your closest five people, I mean, you're going to be in some sort of relation right. to them. I feel like, especially from a financial standpoint. Yeah. Um, and I think you just got connected with the wrong people, man. So, but the, you gotta think the restaurant business is a tough business. It's very tough. It's a hard business. And, um, and so, yeah. Wow. Okay. So you go get your real estate license. Then what? Yeah. Go get my real estate license. Started with a company called Abana Realty. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're, they're century 21 mm-hmm. advantage. Um, fantastic company. It allowed me, they were, they were kind of ahead of their time doing lead generation. And uh, so obviously I was used to calling leads. I was used to, you know, calling 150 people a day. Right. <laughs> so it didn't scare me. So I really took advantage of the opportunity that they were 
ahead of their time in the website game, lead generation game. And so I started, uh, you know, closing a lot of their leads. But, you know, basically when I was working on my real estate license, I was I was letting people know, hey, I'm getting my license. Hey, I'm getting my license. And luckily I had a couple of friends that were like, all right, I'll wait on you. But I got I mean, I got my license in two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I was like, all right, I got to I got to knock you this out quick. Down and got it done. So did that. So, I, I mean, I got licensed in August of 06, closed three houses by the end of 06. And in the first five months of 07, I'd closed 19 deals. Wow. So, I mean, it, it's, it, it grew. But, you know, I think to me, my, you know, a lot of times people will be like, what was, what was kind of like the, the, the thing that really, you know, kind of set you apart? Or, sure. or what was the, you know, what really the door that opened or whatnot? And I'll tell you that my wife was on the junior board for Glenwood, which okay. is an autism and behavioral yeah. disorder center here, which is, they're, they're phenomenal oh, over great there. Group. And they, and we had given our time back helping out over there. And my wife, um, uh, one of the VPs at the time, his name's uh, Greg Carlson, called and said, hey, we've got this, and this is, I think now, this is 08, 09. So, so let me fast forward, yeah. 08, 09, completely in the middle of the recession. The bottom of the barrel. 09, nobody was buying a house. Nothing. And so I get a phone call and Greg is saying, hey, we've got this access to this neighborhood stabilization project grant. And we know that you've got some uh, background and some experience with foreclosures. Will you help us find these houses for our clients? Who is this guy? He was the VP of Glenwood at the time. Okay. And so uh, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's like, hey, we've got access to six houses. Perfect. Great. Nobody's buying houses. I'm like, six houses. This is, this yeah. is fantastic. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, golden egg. Um, and so what they basically was the Neighborhood Stabilization Project granted one nonprofit a certain amount of money. That nonprofit would buy the foreclosure, mm -hmm. they would renovate the foreclosure, and then they would gift the foreclosure to the different nonprofits. Okay. So, Glenwood, yeah. six of those. Wow. So they put me in touch with the main nonprofit that was handling everything, and the main person that was boots on the ground with that was my same age. We hit it off. Can you tell me his name? Her name was Kelly Caulfield. Kelly Caulfield. And so we hit it off. Looking and you got you know when you're think about whoever your buyer's agent is when you're looking at a bunch of houses you build a really good relationship yeah, with sure well we were looking at a bunch of houses six. trying to find six houses that's a lot of houses yeah. and and back in 09, 2010, I felt like every third house was for sale no doubt and and at least a third of those were foreclosures mm -hmm. so we got to spend a lot of time together we got to look at a lot of houses together. And during that process, she at some point reached out to me and was like, hey, we've got extra funds. Does Glenwood need any more houses? And so we ended up getting Glenwood 16 houses. Oh, my gosh. It was huge. And then helped five more for different other nonprofits. So one client, 21 houses, 21 houses. 2010. And it all became, it, it was all because we were given back to the community by being a part of Glenwood, and, and that was a real blessing. It's all relationship. Mm -hmm. And I tell my kids, it's so funny, I told my kids the other day, so Jackie talked to someone on the phone okay. that she went to high school with. So we're going through some renovation projects on some things that we're doing, and she got off the phone with this person, and she goes, Thomas, I'm having a hard time not seeing the high school 
guy that I knew. Sure. Yeah. And she said, it's hard. And she said, and all the people that he talks about that he works with are all people that we went to high school with. And look, she goes, look, I know people can change. Yep. She said, but it's really hard in my mind to see sure. these people working on a home that we have. Yeah. And we stopped. And I said, stop. Let's talk to our kids. And so we stopped and talked to the kids and said, listen, the things that you do today at 14, 11, and 7, mm-hmm. maybe not so much at 7, but definitely 14, have yeah. an impact. 100%. <laughs> on all the things that can happen. Yeah. And I said, I said, Jonna, and I told my, she's my 14. I said, Jonna, this is 25 years ago. Jackie, mommy's talking about these people and they're probably these good people. But she said the impact that they had when she was 17 is coming back to bite them at 45. Yeah. I said, guys, make sure you are always nice to people. You yeah. always love people and you always do the right thing yeah. because you never know when it's going to come back to bite you in a positive or a negative way. 100%. And that's what that is. With you guys, you had a great relationship mm-hmm. with these people. They thought of you, yeah, and they said, "Let's go do this." Yeah. Um, okay, so, 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 talking through this process, this is you're very early on. Yeah. Who, who, who would you say would be like the number? One, I hate with well, I hate the word mentor. I hate yeah. it. Who would be the number one person that you would say that kind of mm. that kind of like taught you, put you, put them under, put you under their wing? Who's the number one person that you would kind of kind of lean on and say, "This is the guy, or the girl that kind of raised me in this." You know, I can't. I can't tell you that there's just one person. Give me that one or two. Then that is like, this is my mentor. Sure. Right. I've had a lot of people that have had positive impacts on my life. You know, I think that Dell Eads, who started a band of realty, I think he had a positive impact on my life. He gave me an opportunity. Um, he allowed me to, um, you know, be a part of a system and a process. And allowed me to grow my real estate business. Mm-hmm. So I, I give definitely a lot of credit to Dell. Um, I think that you learn from every single person that gives you a chance or gives you an opportunity. Sure. You're going to learn good and bad. Um, That's right. I can't say that this is my mentor. Um, I, I just, my mentality is I'm going to figure it out myself, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lean on other people. I'm going to lean on other people that have provided a positive impact. But I think what I consider myself is I'm more of a student of the industry. And I'm always watching what other people are doing. Meaning around you or nationally or globally? Nationally, mainly nationally. Yeah. I mean, because from, a, all right, we're Birmingham. I've been the top team for the last 10 years. So everybody looks at me mm-hmm. like I've set par. Yeah. So I've got to look at outside areas sure. to try to bring, Makes sense. you know, continually yeah. um, evolve um, and innovate. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the mentor question is pretty tough for me just because I can't say that this one person is a mentor. I mean, I've had John Cheplak, real estate coach, Matt Wagner. He's a, um, a real estate he runs a real estate advertising agency. Um, you know, I think my, my mother-in-law has been a great mentor. Um, my mom has been a great mentor. Um, you know, I think you take pieces from everybody you meet and and just kind of mold that into something that you think is going to be best for you. You mentioned something here. Talk to me about coaches. So like Mm -hmm. you ask 10 people, you get 10 different answers. Yep. Are coaches and don't say the right one is, are coaches worth the money in a entrepreneurial business? Meaning whether you sell insurance, you own salon, you own real estate, or you own your own business like I do, are coaches worth it? 
I think it depends on the coach. Oh, that's, 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 that's the easy answer. No, but uh, but it's yeah, real. Sure, I got you. Yeah. Um, okay, I think it, I think it depends many, on how many coaches have you hired. Um, currently, I have one coach. You have one coach. I've had multiple coaches at one time, but I think it also depends on where where you want to go because you got to realize like coaches have different specialties. Yeah. So you know where are you going? Right. And and so there's going to be times that hey, I need this this advisor. And because of this certain goal or this is my vision or do I need to go in a different direction and do I need more focus on operations or systems and processes? Well, that's going to be somebody's totally different. Yeah. So it really depends on the person is like, all right, I've been a part of 3000 home transactions and I still have a coach. And that says a lot too. How many employees do you have? I say employees. How many on your team? Excuse me. 22 agents, 22 agents. And then we have, six support staff. Okay. And then that's for one business. That's the Gusta Goulas group. Okay. Another business is we attract agents all around the country to EXP Realty. Yep. So we've got almost 400 agents. So that we help do you own EXP Realty? I own stock in EXP Realty. Gotcha. I wish okay. I owned EXP yeah. Realty. Um, how, do you, how do you work with EXP then? I know I'm, EXP I'm, is I'm an independent company. contractor. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm an independent contractor, but you know, we basically have like a, an ESOP program where we can utilize and take advantage of a lot of benefits that EXP has. And one of those benefits is I can take 5% of my commission and buy stock at a 10% discount, mm. which is huge. It's a great wealth building opportunity. Absolutely. So I, I wouldn't be able to offer that when I, when I had brick realty, I wasn't able to offer any kind of stock you know, or, or anything like that to my agents. Yeah. So now I'm able to offer that to anybody literally in the country. And we're, mm-hmm. and, and it's really, it's a global company. So, I mean, we're in like 21 different countries. Do you have people that come to you and work on your team because of like those advantages? Like this is a great event. Do you, do you sell that For sure. pretty good? Oh yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think you have to, I mean, you got to think like, think of, think of your real estate agent, your realtor. There is no wealth building strategies for an agent. There's not. You know, so literally you, you, you're only as good as your last closing. Why? So most agents aren't building anything. Most agents think that running a brokerage is an exit platform. What they don't realize is it's not a wealth building asset. Basically, it's just a high risk, low margin business. And so they've got a lot of risk. But what if they go to sell a brokerage? It just doesn't make sense. Right. So this allows us to really basically run a brokerage. In essence, I run kind of a brokerage under EXP's umbrella. Sure. And it allows us to focus on all the fun stuff and allows us to remove all the operations and things like that and removes all the risk. What do you like better? It's a hard question, I think. What do you like better? Selling? Or leading people because at 20, <laughs> 28 to twenty eight employees ish, yeah. you got to lead a lot. Yeah. What do you? Do, I think you, it depends on my season, whatever season I'm in. Okay. Explain right that. now, I'm in selling season. Why? I just enjoy selling. You do. I think part of it is I've poured a lot of time and effort in mentoring some folks that have either let me down mm. or. I've probably brought into my circle that I probably shouldn't have brought into my sure. circle. And so I poured a lot of energy and, and the hard part about being a leader is you pour into other people, nobody pours into you. It's hard. 
And so what I had to do, and this and this really happened to me right around Thanksgiving, okay. is really getting to the point of like, where is my happy place? What am, what do I want? What do you want to do every day? And so um, I forgot, I mean, because pretty much last year I didn't sell any houses. So this year is a different, like, I mean, literally I came here from writing an offer on a property. Right. And I'm enjoying, like, the business I got in was to have fun, meet people, sell houses. And what that ended up growing into was how to be a leader, how to manage people. Well, there, I mean, quite frankly, there's not a lot of fun into that. I mean, the hard part is, you, here's the thing, you lead, them, you lead them great, they become great, what do they do? Leave. They freaking leave. And that's a hard part about being a leader. It's tough. So you didn't sell any houses last year. Two. You sold two houses last yeah. year. One of the best real estate agents in the city of Birmingham sold two, two. houses because yeah. you were leading all these yeah. all these people. Yeah. Did your income go up or down from the year before? Down. Down. A lot down? Yeah. Are you have you sold any houses this year yet? No. But I've got twelve under contract. Oh, okay. <laughs> So you got more contract now than you did. Oh yeah, the last, okay, totally. Um, okay, so here's a yeah. question I always ask people, and like I have a ton of friends in real estate. Mm -hmm. I mean, some that are brokers, some that are agents, some that are su super successful agents, some that yeah. are kind of wear that hat. Why do real estate agents not buy and invest in real estate? Um, I think the hard part about being in a commission only business is are running your own business is you feel like you don't have enough money to make investments. And I think we're bad at managing money. I think agents are bad at managing are they really? money. I think so. I think so. And then plus you got to think that the average agent only makes like $36,000 a year. How many of your agents of your 22 agents are full-time? Like they're, they're there. Oh, every, I mean, all of our agents are full-time. Okay. I mean, that, that's a, minimum to be on our team. Okay. So average is only 30 something thousand dollars a year overall in real estate. Overall. Yep. What is the top 30 real estate agents in Birmingham make? Hmm. I'd right. say guess. top 30 half a mil. Half a million dollars. So there's a half million dollars in average is less than 50. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, uh why only a half mil or no why why is there such a disparity between the top and the why is the average only 36,000 well, I mean I think I mean think about any industry you've got experts you've got people that just do a phenomenal job yeah. and they I mean they're professionals unfortunately in our business we there's a very low barrier to entry very low every, every so like, everybody can get anybody everybody can get a real estate license and, and that's probably the hard part sure and so kind of like on a CrossFit gym, if you have a thousand dollars and you will go to a one really? weekend seminar, you got a gym, <laughs> man, you know, it's so, I mean, it's easy beer to entry, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, there was, I mean, there was a point last year that in Birmingham, we had over 5,000 agents and we had only 2000 listings. Well, that's not enough to go around. Really? Yeah. So it makes it difficult. Saturated market. That's what you're saying. Oh yeah, Totally. Um, well, and this so like, I mean, you don't, I mean, as long as you pay your dues, you can continue to have a real estate license. So it's not like people are retiring or moving in, right. you know, it, it, it can be a side hustle for some folks. So there's a lot of people that have other jobs that have their real estate license. So, 
Okay, you made mention of something earlier. Yeah. And I had wrote, written this down. Um, you said you brought maybe you had brought some people on your team that you didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not love hiring. It's yeah. a hard process. It's a vetting it's process. It's tough for me. It's, it, what's a tough, it's tough for me, too. We're in totally different businesses. I think part of it is I like everybody. Or, sure. Or I want to give everybody a chance. And you see the good in people. I, more than, than they are. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so talk about, like, talk about the hiring mistakes you made. And don't, obviously don't mention names, but like talk yeah. about how you, how, how you, when you sit back now, like today into January, yeah. you made a mistake by doing this or not doing this. You know, I probably um, hired people too fast. Sure. I probably did not ask them the right questions. Um, you know, I think what's been important for us, or at least as we've kind of grown, is I think about, all right, in real estate, I'm spending a lot of time with these people. A lot. And sometimes it's more than with my family. Absolutely. Like, so I'm going to be spending a lot more time with them, and and so they're going to be in my circle, and... My, my, I might spend more time with them than my kids. Like, yeah. so I think what I've, what that's done for me is it's made me think like, who do I want to surround myself with? So I used to want to give everybody a chance and I've learned that, and that's burned me. And, and so now my wife asked the best question I got asked last year. She asked me, I want you to think about every person on our team and I want you to ask, would you let them represent us on our home sale or on a home purchase? Mm. And I said, damn, why did you ask me that? That hurts. And so I literally let four people go based on that question. Yeah. And I just said, no. And, And I finally realized, all right, this is my name. It is. Like when somebody, somebody calls us, they expect a certain level of service. And so, you know, especially as a business owner, like you don't want some, you know, somebody going out there and misrepresenting you, your brand, misrepresenting like that person could hurt other people on the team, potentially sure. doing a deal. And so it really gave me a new perspective last year of um, who to bring on. And so question. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit um, more shy now bringing on people than I was say a year or two ago. That's why God gives us good wives. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Talk to me about your kids. Um, yeah. I think you said four and six. Is that what you said? Yeah. So, yeah. so how has two questions on your kids? How has it changed since you had kids? Cause I mean, I imagine six years ago you were hustling pretty hard. Yeah. So how has it changed just from a workload lifestyle since from six years ago? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you can't do as much when you have kids. No, you can't. <laughs> and I'm a workaholic. I mean, I'm not, I'm not shy about loving work. Um, but I have a hard, probably the most difficult thing is trying to find a barrier of what is work and what is time I've got to really focus on family and kids. Sure. So that's probably the biggest thing I struggle with. Um, but I think what I learned from my dad was I remember my dad only went to a handful of my baseball games. And so I don't want that. No. I don't want my kids to think about that. No. And so what's really important for me is to me, you know, be active. Like we're going to have a basketball game this weekend. I'll be, I'll be there. Um, if, if there's a soccer game or a baseball game, like whatever, yeah. whatever it takes for me not to miss, I mean, I will be at the game. 
So it's going to be a very rare occurrence that I'm not going to be there. Yep. It's just at, at at this point in my career in my life, like that is way more important than than selling a house. Mm-hmm. And so that's more focus is you know kids number one, um, and then obviously spouse. Yeah. Um, but you know my wife and I we work together, so she's our chief marketing officer. So we've we've done that for a couple of years. We we made the decision during COVID to to uh, work together. And, and luckily it's been a, it's been good. Like we, we were very nervous. How I will bet. this work? What did she do previous to this? She was digital marketing manager at UAB health systems. Oh, wow. So okay. marketing background. Okay. That's a great segue to my next question. Mm-hmm. What are the best ad dollars you spend as a real estate agent slash broker? Like you get more bang for your buck from this. Uh, telephone, calling people directly, calling your, calling your sphere, calling the people that know you and, and asking for those opportunities. That's your biggest bang for your buck. You know, I think what, by advertising and radio, by being on a billboard, by, you know, being all over Google, you know, I think those are, those are places to funnel people into us. But if we don't do a good job of nurturing people long-term, it doesn't matter. Meaning the people you've sold to in the past. Yeah. So our number one, our top clients are, you know, people that we know and their referrals. That's number one always. So, I mean, we do a lot of client appreciation events. Uh, we do a pictures with Santa, usually right around, right after Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving, so that people can have their, their picture for, to send out to all their friends. Mm. Um, that's been probably one of the, the, the best things that we've done. That's good. Um, you know, I think, obviously, radio's done very well for it us. It has. I think so. I mean, typically people, when they hear about it, a lot of times people, when they hear about us, they're just like, man, we hear you everywhere. or We see you everywhere. And so we know it's just a good mix of marketing. Um, so a lot of times we're, we're the phone call. Real estate is a relationship business. Absolutely. However, a lot of times they will give an opportunity to somebody that might not necessarily be the professional. And then we have to come in and fix messes or we're the second or third agent on a job really? or a listing. I've been the seventh agent on a listing before. Was there an eighth? No. There you go. No, we sold it in less than a week. That's awesome. Talk about the market now. Yeah. Um, we, were, we had some stuff for sale. We sold a property in late, late August, early September. Yeah. Um, how's it changed since, let's just say, 12 months ago? Flipped upside down. Upside, totally <laughs> yeah. What are you selling now? Are just still still homes that people that need homes, or is there a certain type of thing that you're selling a lot of now? Because you got twelve houses on a contract, twelve yeah. properties on a contract. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll say that over the last few months, the temperament has changed. Okay. Where I feel like we've already hit the bottom of interest rates, and I feel like we've already hit the bottom of the market. You think we've hit the bottom of the market? Mm-hmm. I think we've already hit it. And so uh, we're very much interest rate driven. Absolutely. And when you go, when you when your interest rates go up 4% in four months, like everybody's freaking out. Yeah. Um, your agents might not have told you they were freaking out, but your agents were freaking out. Oh, sure. Um, and so what we've noticed since Thanksgiving, the temperament has changed. People have been more interested and so, you know, people are out there like we're starting to see multiple offers again. Really? Yeah. So 
Um, we've got investors that are buying houses, back buying houses, because they understand that there's there's this affordability factor that I feel like with rates and prices have gone up, mm-hmm. well, there's going to be people that are never going to be able to buy a house, which is scary. No, ever. Ever. It's sad. And it's almost it, like it's, a mentality. It's part of the reason you're starting this, this business, yeah. the cure business. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it's... Um, it, it, it's kind of scary, you know, when you think of a kind of an overall picture, like I feel like uh, outside forces want everybody to be a renter. Okay. Sure. But, um, you know, the temperament, I think people are, people are understanding that with rates being high fives right now, low sixes, probably sneaking back into the mid fives, low fives. I think people are going to understand that this is just the new norm. And they've got to get used to it. Yeah. And and they're okay with it at this point. Two and a quarter is not not real. Two and a quarter is not going to come back as much as I'd like it. As much me. as we'd all like it. Um, uh, just not going to be there. Day to day. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about your day to day because there's a lot of people. One of the things I like to try to figure out is like, how can people like us that own businesses or multiple businesses? Mm-hmm. What's the schedule look like for a week? How many hours do you work in a week? What's the, mm. what's that look like? I mean, real estate, we're like on call all the time. So that's the, that's the tough part. Uh, you know, my, I mean, my daily is 5.15, I get up, 5.45, I'm at the gym, work out for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, and then basically, depending on the day, I'll take, uh, typically Katie will take the kids to school. I'll take kids, you know, one, maybe two days a week. Um, but I try to get back home before the kids leave for school. Cause I want to make sure I see them in the morning time. Sure. And then, you know, from that standpoint, like, you know, eight 30, it's at the office and it's trying to figure out, you know, do I, am I prospecting that morning? Right. Um, is there any fires that I'm trying to, you know, try yeah. to clean up? Um, but usually I've got my day planned before I was, I was gonna ask that. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm calendar driven. So, you know, if it's not in the calendar, it's pretty much not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but the, and really the hard part is I'm, I can be in, you know, meetings after meetings after meetings, or I might be showing houses or I might go on a listing appointment. Like I leave here, I go on a listing appointment. Well, I've already done a couple hours research on that, but I'm not fully finished. So I've got to hit a little bit of research time before I go and go and meet with the client. Um, cause the worst thing that can happen is I'm not prepared for when I meet with them. So um, but it's, it's pretty much, you know, if it's a phone call or if it's somebody needs something, I try to do like 15 minute appointments. Um, and, and I've got, I use a Calendly link. Mm-hmm. And so literally like just book it on, like, I don't like the worst thing for me is going back and forth about a time. I hate it. So here, here's my Calendly link. Just pick it. I'll be you there. Jump on there. It can be a in-person meeting, it can be a phone call. It can be a zoom, whatever. Yep. Works for me. And then usually I'm, I'm at home usually by six every day. Okay. Um, and so I book all my appointments. Like it's, I'm, I've got to be home by six. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once the kids go down, if I'm feeling it and usually I'm not, I'll knock out a few more things. And it's unfortunate. It's just kind of the business that we're in. I've kind of done with that. I, I don't, unless it's something that's absolutely pressing, I don't do that anymore. So how, how, I mean, like, Cause I feel like there's, there's always more there. I mean, there's always more to do. Sure. Um, 
but but how do you, how can you like compartmentalize and just say no? Like what's how do, how do you make that happen? Uh, because I I'm I'm like you. I'm calendar driven. But I allow myself time during the day of dead space mm-hmm. to get things that I didn't get the day before. Okay. So I whereas how long? At least ninety minutes. Okay. That sometimes it doesn't get done. Consecutive or broken up? I try to do it consecutive. Every now and then I have to break it up. Okay. But I'll, I will have, I will put on here D&D, do not disturb. Okay. And what I'll do is that will help my team know, don't call me, don't text me, nothing. Now, we did do this. We, recently, we went to Slack. Mm-hmm. Yep. With all our team, our marketing, our in, kitchen, all that stuff. And that's helped a bunch with like interruptions and things like that. Yeah. The second thing is I don't have any notifications on my phone besides text and Slack. Okay. That's it. That's the only thing I have on my phone. So email doesn't ring. Yeah. Social uh, email does not yeah. notify me either. And then uh, I don't look at social media until noon every day. Okay. And I limit I like myself. That. I limit myself for fifteen. I have a fifteen minute timer. Okay. I dig that. And then, but I also anything that we post on social, I have a team that does it. So okay. I don't post anything. Now there is a. What random, about personal? I have somebody that does that. Even personal? Yeah. Like I posted a video the other night. It's so funny. I never post anything personally anymore. I'll post a story every now and again, but most of the <laughs> tiny percent of the time I have somebody that does it. Okay. And so, but like I posted so funny. So I posted a video the night. We were at the Hewitt Trustful Basketball game. Jackie looks up at me. She goes, hey, get this. It's probably going to be a buzzer beater. And so there's nine seconds left and they're down by one. The guy gets it. Two couple passes, drives down, shoots it up. Wins the game. No. Got it on there. Listen, I posted it to the, to the Instagram. Listen, I wake up the next, I wake up the next morning. There are 388,000 views. No. On one. Holy 17 smokes. second video of wow. high school basketball. It was so crazy. But wow. yeah, so like for the most part, I don't. That's funny. I don't. I try to, those things are time sucks for me. And so yeah. I just try to limit those. It's a those time as much suck. As possible. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Like I try, if I'm posting, it's usually in the morning time. Yeah. I um okay so I have a question that we can yeah. go back and forth on this. Yeah. So from a hiring standpoint, yeah. what is the number one do you have a person that is like your right hand? Like the, Oh yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Tell me tell me about them what do they do? Yeah. Cuz like that's the number that's probably the best dollars I spend. Okay. Is a, is a personal assistant that just handles yeah. All the work stuff. I mean, it's our it's our ops manager. Her name's Brittany Moore, and and I know her. So she's yeah. great. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's past client and married a buddy, and um, and then basically for the most part, after we sold her house, she's been with us ever since. Yeah, you know. So, um, but uh, there's a book called Traction. Yeah, and it talks about visionary and integrator, and and Brittany's my integrator. You know, she she runs her operations. I mean, I mean, pretty much uh, from a hiring process, she is in charge support staff. That is a hundred percent all her. And usually, I'm the last person. I mean, usually the decision's already made before it gets to me. Hey, we're gonna hire Susie. That's right. Yeah. Um, because it's more important for them. Like I, I believe in my staff. And so they're going to be more working with our staff. I'm more working with the agents. So this that's their realm, and and I'm not messing that up. And I'm only I'm only messing it up if I just see a, a marker that's like oh no. Um, but it typically is not going to get to that point. From an agent standpoint, I want my staff's input because mm. they're going to be working with them a lot, and I want to make sure that we've got a good culture. Yep. Uh, and then also people can interview really well. 
Oh man. And then, you know, they, they, they're, they're not as advertised. So, and again, and I'm bad because I'm willing to give anybody a chance. Give them a chance. So, so the way our process is now is, um, I will do typically a 15 minute phone call or a zoom and, and see if there's any kind of red flags for myself. If I feel like they're worth at least another conversation, they go and meet our staff in person, in person. Um, and that's usually going to be a ops manager, chief marketing officer, which is my wife. And then our agent success manager, which is Jill Riley on our team. And, and those are the people that I can lean on and trust. And they're very good at kind of cutting through the BS sure. with people. And so usually if they're going to make a recommendation that this person's good there, it's pretty much a home run for me. So once they get past that, then do they call the references, all that stuff or time to do the research. I say, um, not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's almost a group effort, but, but if we're, if we're past that conversation, then it's going to the agents. Hey, you know, for, it depends on the experience. So if they're 3 million in volume and experience and less, then they've got to get three people to give the okay that they would be a good fit for our team. And then if they've been in the business three million experience or longer, they just have to have one person. Okay. So and oftentimes that's the person, the agent that's brought them over, so or made a, a recommendation. So a lot of times, Susie, the agents you have in house is like, "Hey, Judy's great. We yeah. need to get her on our team." Yeah. So we just brought over a, a lady by the name of Ashley Carr, and we had a we just had a great cooperative experience with her, and our agent was like, "Look." We we enjoyed the experience and, and even y'all our just, staff. Y'all just worked with her on a on a deal. We worked with her on oh, a deal, okay. and we were like, "Look, we think you. I mean, like you're very professional. Our staff thought that she did a great job. Like, so we ended up offering her an opportunity, and she took it. That's great. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's you know. So I'm a little bit slower to hire than I used to be. Used to have used to be like, all right, let's go, let's yeah. let's throw it. Give you ninety days. Now, even, okay, now they get on board and, and, and this is going to be for somebody that's 3 million or less in experience. It's basically a 90 day dating period. And so we've got to make sure that the one thing I cannot figure out with people is what is their hunger? Like, like what, what makes them tick and what is their work ethic? And a lot of time, I mean, obviously I've got a pretty solid work ethic. And so a lot of times people are not going to put in a hundred percent effort. And if that's the case, like for our standpoint, we make such an investment in, in generating opportunities that I can't invest in an agent, like an agent that's not closing deals is, does, is, is costing me money. Sure. It is a bad investment. Yeah. And so we have to make decisions based on conversions and it's a numbers um, game. It is a complete numbers game. So, that, so that's a little bit more of into our process of what yeah, we look at, great. but I've got to find like if, and I've also learned if they, if they played team sports, it's usually pretty, it's a lot Huge. better if they play, if they played individual sports, usually not a good fit. Really? So you're telling me that if you, most of the, t- a lot of the times, not all the time, a lot of times if you get a, a college athlete or a team sports athlete, football, basketball, volleyball, baseball, softball. It's a good fit. Good but if fit. you're getting a tennis player, a golfer, a bowler. Because they don't work well with team. Man, that's insightful. Yeah. I've yeah. heard the college athlete, the whole, you know, the athlete mm-hmm. thing a gazillion yeah. times. Yeah. That's it's, insightful, it's, Gusty. It's, it's the, um, the people that are more focused about themselves. Sure. They weed themselves out usually pretty quick. Wow. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask you this question. Yeah. So 
talk to me about anything outside investments. Like, what do you do outside investments outside of like selling real estate? Doing what, what do you what do you where do you put your money outside of that? Yeah, so I've got some tech investments in okay. some different companies. Um, again, I'm I'm always looking for. You sound like you're a stock market guy. I'm definitely in the stock market yeah. because of, you know, the company that we're a part of, yeah. EXP. So, I mean, like anybody can buy that on NASDAQ. Yeah, sure. And a lot of my clients have actually bought a bunch of it because they know I'm involved in it. Um, stock, tech investments, um, the the manufacturer that we are doing the 3D printing, we've mm-hmm. invested in them. Um. Flip properties. Yeah. Um, so you, you do said have outside some, of real estate, huh? But you said, outside but you do, of real but estate. okay. So let me, let me say that again. So you yeah. do, you do have, do you have any rental properties, anything like that? Not currently. Not currently. Do I got you, a commercial building. Do you really? Yeah. Great. What do you, what kind of building is like a warehouse? Our office. So you own that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. Good. So the rental thing, I've had rentals. Um, and I'm sure that we will get back into rentals. We will probably, you know, build our own rentals. Especially with this, um, with, this, uh, with, with, this cure. with cured, yeah. So we'll get to that. That's just not a focus right now. Gotcha. All right. What else? What else? What questions you have for me? Anything? Anything? Any thoughts? What? What's yeah. Your like, like with your like, how do you? How are you able to juggle? I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, for me, I have a hard time juggling being there as a parent, being there as a father, being there as a team leader. Yeah. How are you able to juggle all that on your end? Um. I've got one, one point person, Sierra, and she handles everything non non kitchen. Okay. So she does so much there. She handles the scheduling, all that good stuff. Okay. Then I have Matt, who's my head chef, okay. handles ordering. The between the two of them, they handle menus. I meet with them two or three times a week. Okay. Um, I've got another girl, Emily. She's wonderful, and she handles all the big events, all events, all the table and time events, and I let them do. Th- but they're but they're good at yeah. Like Sierra doesn't cook and Matt doesn't schedule. You know, Matt doesn't order order. You know, the goods and things that we need outside. I mean, they mm-hmm. they all they all do different things, and so it's taken me a while. But this this past year, I've been able to step back a little bit and just let everybody come yeah. do their job. Yeah. Um, the biggest key now that I'm seeing that I'm trying to do is how the thing can run without me. But I'm not real sure the thing can grow without me. And that's really what I'm working on right now. So who's out there doing sales? I'm doing most of it. Okay. So if you're not out there selling. Yeah, sure. It's, and that's hard. That is very hard. It's very, very hard. Um, Our business though is not like your business. Our business is relatively like, you know, hourly. It's hours. Like it's working hours. No one's like event people don't answer their phones on Monday. They just don't. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, Events are on weekends. But what we've done though is we've created offerings and we created menus to yeah. where I can have my team go and do large events that aren't as expensive. Okay. I will do twelve or thirteen big events a year. If okay. it doesn't fit in certain parameters, I say no. Yeah. Which I do leave money on. But the how table. long did it take you to realize that or get to that point? Uh, I probably figured it out the last two years. Okay. Because that's so, that's a hard thing to say no. Like, I mean, I think about, all right, hey, here's this opportunity to sell this house. And then, but I'll also have, I'll, I'll kind of go through the process like, does it make sense for me to represent it? Sure. Am I going to enjoy working with this client? 
Because that's a big important piece for me. It's like you're a lot. See, you're, here's the, that's the difference in us is you're a lot more involved with these people than I am. There's far, yeah. I, sometimes I'll meet the people on the day of the event and be done. Okay. Now we talk a lot, but like for the most part, I'm not having that. I'm not having that deep relationship that you. Yeah, gotcha. And I would love like there are some people that I do. Yeah. There's some of these event people and these planners that I have great relationships with because it's like we we work together all the time. But if you're working with somebody more than once or twice, you like them and they like you. Yeah. Um, True. But saying no is hard. But I also realized that I could work every weekend yeah. if I wanted to. Sure. I could take every event that calls in, but we put minimums on things, and some people just don't want to meet the minimum. I'm fine. Yeah. You know, they got a, a baby shower for 30 people that want to do us on two o'clock on Saturday. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Now, yeah. if we have a have parameters where my team can do it and they want they want to do it, yeah. great. But we say no to a lot of stuff, and I think you have to figure out the most valuable commodity that we have on the planet is time. 100%. And as a 14-year-old, having a 14-year-old, I'm looking at her going, she's gone in five years. Yeah. She graduates at 19. She's gone in five years. And I'm like, freaking five years is nothing. Yeah. I've been back in Birmingham five years, and it seems like I just moved back two weeks ago. Yeah. So Makes sense. figuring out how to say no, but also another thing is when you – I'm, I'm a relatively conservative financially, and so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a saver by nature. And so I've tried to build wealth enough to where I can start make make money work for me. Sure. As opposed to like I, every if I don't work, I don't eat. I'm, I'm, I don't I hate to say I'm past that point, but I've got to the point now where I don't have to like That's great. go kill it now. Obviously, there's a hunger still there. I want to create more. Like we have goals. We have financial goals. We have yeah. all these things. But as far as like, I just say no sometimes. Well, I don't have the energy like I used to. I still do. Do you? Mm -hmm. Man, I wish I did. I still do. <laughs> even, I still even by working out. Sure. You know, every day during the week, it's still like. Yeah, I, I do. Here's what I don't have the energy for that I did mm -hmm. eight or ten years ago. I don't have the energy for uh, working in the kitchen like I used to. Okay. Because back in the day, yep. I did uh, I, everything in that kitchen I can do or have done. Okay. And I tell them that, like, hey, y'all, I know that y'all don't see me do I do all this stuff and can do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't have the energy for that. So, like, if we're having a huge event where it's hundreds of people and I've got my whole staff there and I'm having to get in the mix, I am tired at the end of the day. So, in yeah. that respect, yeah, you're right. I can work the hours. Yeah. I don't want to work the hours, though. I want to try to work extremely smart because – like I like playing with my kid in the afternoon. Yeah, I like I like doing that stuff, and so I'm not going to say sense. no to that stuff. So. so, so what's your exit plan? That's a great question. Um, I'd love to sell what we have uh, in the next less than ten years. Okay, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but in the meantime, uh, I'm trying to build other not streams of income, but I'm trying to do other things with the money that we do have yeah. so that um, I don't have to do anything with food if I don't want to. I, I tell people this all the time. I like food. I love business. Yeah. I'm not married to food. I am married to business creation growing. Yeah. I really, really enjoy that. Whether it be, I don't care what the business is, I'll do just about anything. And so the whole, the whole line of you gotta be passionate, that's a crock. Like, I don't, I don't believe that. I think that I have a passion. I hate the word because it's so buzzword, but I have a desire to, to, to grow business. I enjoy mm -hmm. that. Um, I think my ultimate thing with what we do here, and this sounds hokey, but it's really true. I like making people's lives easier. Yeah. You do it. 
yeah. and what you do every day. You take care of 47 things for these people that they have no idea what to do. And with whether we're feeding farmer reps or we're feeding, you know, doing a, a wedding that's a $300,000 wedding for, you know, whoever, I want to make everybody's life easy, life's easier. That's yeah. my, that's part of And I don't think that'll ever change. Gotcha. So that makes sense. Do you find yourself coaching and mentoring other business owners? Yes. I get, I talk to a lot of people about, I talked to the guy this morning, buddy of mine lives in Tennessee recently here the last year. He's bought his own business. Mm. Um, and he's asking about so-and-so and asking about so-and-so and I'm like, Hey, you got to do these, these two things. I think it would work. Like he had a problem with an employee. So guys doing this guys doing that. I said, Hey, here's what we do. I said, you wait, wait 24 hours, write down the things that you need to talk to him about, go back to him and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I am one that always tries to take the blame for their mistakes. Meaning, Hey, Gusty, listen, I'm sorry. I did not lead you and help you in this at all. I said, here's what we need to do a better job. Of. And this is my fault that I didn't tell you this is as much as I should have, whatever, whatever, whatever. I try to take that. That mm-hmm. way it gives me an, gives me a opportunity next time. If it happens again to say, Hey, I feel like I did a good job at teaching this. You should have known this. Yep. Um, so I do that a pretty good bit. Uh, especially people that are, um, honestly, people that are younger and older than me. Yep. So how, yeah, that might be from a business standpoint, but how quick does it go to a personal standpoint? Cause I feel like, you know, when you're running a business, everything is business and personal or just, it's all mixed in. Yeah. It's all one. Um, the biggest thing I tell people all the time, you have to be good at saying no, saying no is a super superpower and figuring out what to say no to is, is critical. That's the number one thing. This number two thing I tell people that are talking about like having a hard time separating business. And I said, you're probably going to have to take a step back financially in order to put someone in place on your team, spend money to hire Mm -hmm. so that they can, um, do the things that you don't want to do or not good at. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. Literally should write everything that you hate doing write it down, write it down and say, here, Susie, <laughs> you get to do these things. You are special. Yeah, exactly. And you are very special and at doing this. Do yes, exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, I mean, I get, I get a pretty good bit of that. Nice. So tell me, um, what's your relationship? Like we're, we're hanging out in this like phenomenal podcast studio, yes, pretty great. uh, here at Highlands college. So tell me how, like you and Highlands college, how is this working? Like, sure. Um, so I get to do all the food for the college. So Church of the Highlands, one That's of the huge. largest churches in the, yeah. in the country. And, and let me, this place is, I mean, this is unreal. It's pretty nuts. <laughs> I've, I've been here a long time ago. Never been here from, yeah. since Highlands uh, took this place over. It, it is, this is a campus. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, they've done a great job. Mark Pettis is the, is the president of the college. Okay. Been here since, you know, the very beginning days of the church was a youth pastor and then just grew and, and pastor Chris said, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And Mark's like, I got it. Got it. It was really cool. And so, um, the college is, it's not like Beeson. Everybody asked me, is it, is it like, you know, uh, Bible college. I'm like, no, nah, no. They teach the Bible, but they teach so much more. It's not divinity school where they're extrapolating the the Greek and the the Hebrew of yeah. you know Second Corinthians or whatever. It is they teach people how to reach Jesus in these different practicums, meaning in all these different areas of doing church. There's a hospitality realm. Mm-hmm. There's a preaching realm. There's a student's practicum. 
one of the things that these guys do a great job of, there's a creative, meaning how to run cameras, how to edit film yeah. for that. And the kids that learn this stuff here can get oh, jobs anywhere. 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 So like they do a wonderful job. It's like how to reach people for Jesus on steroids hmm. because they teach them all okay. the practical things. Because look, it is so valuable to know the Bible. But there are some things, like if you're in a third world country and you're trying to tell someone about Jesus, they've never heard of the Bible, you got to show them love. you got to have talents. you got to have skills to do things that will help you in those places. And yeah. they do that here. And it's, yeah. it's, it's as good as anything I've ever seen. The thing that they do a great job of is there's not a really a huge need of internships because they, they go to class Tuesday through Friday. Okay. And then everyone in the school... At the point, there's like 320 kids-ish in the school right now, full-time. They all go to a campus on Sunday and work doing what they're studying. So it's like a built-in internship the whole time. Yeah. Oh, man. So it's, That's awesome. It's wonderful. So just being here to do all the food for them, we do yeah. right now we do breakfast four days a week, okay. lunch four days a week, and dinner two nights a week. Wow. So it's 10 meals a week here, and that's going to continue to grow as the college grows. We've, sure. we've got 229 kids in the dorm. Right on the Is heel. that the dorm that's up, up yeah. top? It's old Richard wow. Scrooge's old helipad. Wow. So yeah. it's, it's a wonderful super opportunity. Super impressive. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So I dig it, man. Um, perfect. Anything else you got on your mind? Tell us how people can, can reach you. Yeah. Whatever, wherever that may be. You know, I mean, obviously, you can go to our website, gustygoulisgroup.com. That's it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, I, I put my cell phone out there because you never know. Um, why somebody might need to reach you. So my cell phone, you, text is best, 205-218-7560. Um, and, and so, I mean, shoot, social media, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, I mean, LinkedIn. I mean, I'm reachable and, and I want to be reachable. But, yeah. um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm in the sales business. So, um, yeah. Last question. What's the best social media platform that you guys have seen from a lead gen perspective i mean for us has been facebook, facebook yeah, sure. you know but i think that's probably part of my age i mean 41 i i'm probably a few years um you know my wife would probably say instagram because she's a couple years younger than i am right from a business standpoint i love linkedin yeah um so i, I we do a, i do a lot on linkedin um or at least connect with people on linkedin because i might like you i'm fascinated with business i love, love business yeah and i think that you know i can provide impact it doesn't really matter that i'm in real estate i'm just i kind of feel like we're a marketing company that does real estate sure we're all we're all create real yeah. marketing companies yeah so um but but facebook has been kind of the play but what about y'all I feel like Instagram would be better for you. Instagram is great for table and time. Instagram, yeah. I mean, when I get inquiries or people call, it's two. It's one question is always dominant. How did you hear about us? It's probably sixty percent Instagram, forty percent Google. Okay. Our, we do a relatively good job on Google simply yeah. because I don't think that um, the nicer catering companies are sure. spending SEO dollars. Well, I mean, it's huge for us too. I mean, we've got. Google, we have over 800 five-star reviews. Yeah. Zillow, we have over 700. Facebook, we have a ton of recommendations. I mean, we're on Yelp. I mean, I'm not so, on Yelp. I, I mean, mean, I don't I just, I just feel I like don't think there's that it's so be, many things out there that I should. I think Google's the number one. Yeah. I mean, it used to be Zillow for us, and then we were like, all right, 
everything is going towards Google. We don't know where Zillow's going. So let's focus our attention on, on Google. And so now, I mean, we're, we, we've got more reviews than most people. So we generate one to three referrals or leads, high quality leads or referrals just from Google every day. Wow, that's awesome. Just from our reviews. That's crazy. Gusty, thanks so much. Yeah. It's been great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, a lot, appreciate of, a lot of like good practical things that, yeah. that a lot of people may not have known. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate the invite. Bye.